So my mum sent me some pointless eggs today and I was, I, they're what I call pointless eggs. And I was wondering if I said pointless eggs to you, what would that mean? I would think an Easter egg officially licensed from the quiz pointless. <laughs> I, I would think a perfectly spherical egg, like a turtle's egg, that doesn't have one sort of pointy end. Are they perfectly spherical? I didn't know that. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Giant pearls. Yeah. Blimey. Pearls full of viscera. (laughs) Actually, this is really, really dark, but I'd love to eat a turtle egg. Obviously, like, I wouldn't do that, especially with any... Well, I wouldn't do it with an endangered turtle, but I I would like to enjoy a turtle egg. I bet they'd be really good, quite salty. Yeah, it's quite like. Nightmare never ended. <laughs> it's like, I sort of feel like they'd be quite fishy. I don't know if I'd like a, a turtle egg. <laughs> I think they'd have like a definite briny tang to them. Oh, gross. But you've had gull's eggs, maybe, have you? No. <laughs> oh, they're, ooh, they're very good. You said that as if that was... <laughs> That was a thing that people have. I, I assumed you're a woman of taste, Alice. <laughs> it seems I assumed wrongly. Welcome, listener, to the Electronic Wireless Show, episode 183. This is the best games in games in games special, and not more eggs. Um, <laughs> although You never told us what your pointless egg was. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of those eggs that, like, it's a decorative, it's a pr- purely decorative egg made oh. out of, like, painted paper. Grim. That, that mums hang on twigs, or at least my mum hangs on twigs at uh, Easter time. And I ha- always had great disdain for them when I was a child, uh, and up and and still do. And I always referred to them as pointless eggs. And so, why the woman took it upon herself to ship some to me at what I can assume was quite great cost <laughs> to another country mm. when I am just going to hoy them in the bin is. Uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. Can. She'd be upset to hear that. Yeah, she barely knows what podcasts are. It's fine. Sounds like good <laughs> Christian eggs to me. See, I well, thought I th- I thought you were talking about those nasty cheap Easter eggs, which are like the worst chocolate known to man. But they, you know, they bang a picture of like Thor on the box or something. So, and so kids are like, I want the Thor egg. And um, we had one of those. I think years and years ago, we bought uh, my stepdad uh, a twenty-four Easter egg. <laughs> Because I thought it was, you know, it was very ironic and funny to give it to give him an egg for something he had no idea what twenty four was, and he still to this day has this stupid twenty four mug with Jack Bauer on it, and it always very makes good. me laugh whenever I see it. I think, <laughs> well, does he have any idea who this man is? Like, as far as he's concerned, I just got him a, an, an egg with a cup with a strange man on it. Um, <laughs> I can't stop thinking about the Thor egg because I. I uh, watched the trailer for the new Thor film, and yeah, look, look, fair enough. It it would look great if he just like really conspicuously laid an egg <laughs> with like little Viking horns. It's like, this is my son, Egg Thor. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really good if he if he was obviously a tinfoil wraparound on a repurposed Father Christmas uh, hollow chocolate shell. Oh, so like Thor's gone completely mad and thinks he's laid an egg that is his son, but he's actually just crudely painted himself on some foil. Yeah. Now that that's that's what I call a Thor film. They'd never do it. They'd never do it. I've not been not enjoying Moon Knight though. 
Although I just, I'm only watching it because my partner has, still has interest in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What's Moonlight? I've not even heard of that, I don't think. Moon Knight is uh, Oscar Isaac doing a deliberately poor English accent while having a mental health crisis uh, and killing people in Egypt and talking to a skull. Oh, okay. Well, that, that, that all sounds very reasonable. I'm at the point now where I genuinely I threw my hands up the other night after watching it. I was like, they just need to start killing them off. There are too many Marvel heroes. I need there to be like a culling. I wonder if actors, when they're approached by Marvel, if they genuinely talk to their agents or have this conversation with themselves about, like, do I take, like, I only get to be one thing in the Marvel universe. Do I take like this bad guy so like Ethan Hawke is the bad guy in Moon Knight does he take that or does he hold out that he might be like one of the movie bad guys or one of the heroes in like 10 years time you know are lots of people like am I ever going to get bigger than you know this sidekick character or is this it for me it's got it's got to be quite a dilemma I just it's I can already see the future of Oscar Isaac's character in it, which is at one point someone in a, a mainline movie will say like, but who do we know who can help us find some antiques in Egypt? And then Ant-Man or some other <laughs> will be like, I know a guy. And then it'll hard cut to Oscar Isaac. And you know. Blorco in the sidecar of his motorbike. Exactly. Because he's <laughs> a motorbike too, apparently. I just need <laughs> a lot of them to die. <laughs> just. Blorco would have Oscar Isaac's bad British accent. That's now Blorco canon. <laughs> okay. Hello, it's, I'm it's Blorco. Blorco. He, he sort of talks like that. It's very odd. At one point he says, you're in my ends now, <laughs> to a bad guy, to an evil dog. Amazing. Very weird. I'm Blorco and I'm very ill. <laughs> That's basically it. That is what you've just done there is is entirely is everything Moon Knight is. Could somebody please find my Blorco medicine? I'm going to expire and then the children won't be able to enjoy my films. Yep. It's, it's actually uncanny. <laughs> really? You've done an you've done an accidentally you've done your best impression. Ah, <laughs> oh, at last. Later Gator. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I haven't introduced any of us. I'm Alice Bell, uh, and I'm pretty sure we've done this topic before, but I wanted to do it again. And I'm joined by by uh, the Dice Man Cometh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello. Right. Have you got a bit for this one, or is it just the pun? Uh, not really. I, mean, I think we can all see where the pun came from. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, and Gamlet. I am Prince Gamlet of Games, Mark. I'm indecisive (laughs) over which games to play. And my horrible uncle made a very bad game. So I'm going to trick him with a game inside a game. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I've gone deep. The game's the thing. Very good. Well, I don't know. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> this podcast is for very complex listeners, isn't it? People who will appreciate salty egg chat, but also deep Hamlet references. This is it. If you know, if you can't handle me at my girl's eggs, you don't deserve me at my gamlet. <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Insert credits. <laughs> <laughs> Way. Gamlet just makes me think of like an omelette made out of gammon. Mm. And that sounds delicious. Mm. Now we're talking. Mm. Very salty. Um, uh, we've gotten off. I had a perfect segue, but there have been some big Henry Cavill updates um, on his Instagram, uh, if not in real life. He started, he's posted a picture of a horse. I'm not sure which horse, um, as in which film it's in, uh, but it's a horse he knows. Uh <laughs> That's the Witcher horse, surely. But the Witcher horse isn't that color. Like, it's a white. It's... Hang on, uh, let me check. He's filming. He's filming the Witcher season three at the moment. Is he? 
Yeah, because he it? put out... Oh, maybe, maybe it's the witch horse, it's, but it looks black. It looks quite... It looks darker than the roach horse. Mm. Um, he's done one of his fasted cardio things, and he's posted a little video of a minifig he's painted. No, what, like yeah. a, a Lego lad? No, no, not a Lego lad. Uh, a little Warhammer, little... Oh, one of the boys. Yeah, one of the lads. He's what in very golden of... armour. Oh, a, cust- a custodes, most probably. All right, okay. Is he posted a picture of his uh, uh, tank assistant crew or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the two random Frenchmen in a World War One tank. Uh, it is It is indeed custodes because he's put hashtag custodes. <laughs> oh, of course he has. Oh, so, yeah. Ruddy, uh, bloody gun. <laughs> it's I don't even amazing. know what custodes means, but I can I can picture it. <laughs> it just means guard, doesn't it? They're like you know, like in Warhammer 40k there's the Emperor who's the boss of humans mm. and yeah. he's just sitting around on a chair being sort of like Schrodinger's cat, like is he dead? Is he alive? Yeah. Well, until, until that's sorted, there's these men who are called the custodes. Uh, who just stand, they're like the most perfect humans ever to exist, even more perfect humans ever to exist in the Space Marines, and they just stand around the Imperial Palace, just like glowering into thin air all day in case someone like teleports in to beast the Emperor. They're very um, they're very dedicated. They've been alive like thousands of years as well, so mm. whereas they're really good at fighting, the main thing they're known for is just standing motionless for centuries, staring into nothing. You would go fully head mental wouldn't you oh you'd like, lose you lose your banoonies wouldn't you yeah anyway he he says uh for those who care it will 100 percent be an adracite spear because rule of cool does that mean anything to you nate yeah it's cool a okay special metal good uh, <laughs> there you so, go quick explanation that time yeah, Henry Henry Cavill is living his best life so that's nice uh, his best Henry- life is that him appearing on this podcast that's true. He's not living his best life yet because he's not been on this podcast. So once again, he's Henry, merely living a life. Henry, we're calling in the cavalry. Uh, if you're listening, Hannah's get in touch. <laughs> Vitamin H. Um, but I'm trying to think what. I like... wonder if you said it enough times. If we talked about it enough, it eventually happened. A bit like um, there's that famous podcast with the about Tom Hanks. Have you heard about this? The Oh yeah, Deadite. Yeah, it's really good. Really yeah, good. Yeah, but he finally got Hanks, didn't he? After all this time, where Hanks yeah. is like the the subject of the podcast, and you know, if you, if you just keep it up and get enough listeners, I imagine he has a few more listeners than us. Um, we might get Cavill. I, I don't think there's any if about it. We're gonna keep it up, and he will come on this show, and we yeah. will be his friends. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be like you know when those teenagers are like, Danny DeVito, please come to prom with me. But mm. but like I'm 32 years old. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing, Matthew. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, you won't see it because well, I'll believe it we when don't I hear have cameras it. on. <laughs> anyway, uh, this week we're talking about. Well, yeah, sorry, I can do a segue. I can do it. Henry Cavill is uh, in The Witcher and is filming The Witcher right now. And in The Witcher, of course, they have uh, a card game called Gwent that you can play. In it's a mini game within the game, and that's what we're talking about this week. Oh, bravo! Very good. See, I think I think we might have done this before. It's getting hard to remember. Well, Although I I've feel got... like we've got like five topics on a cycle. <laughs> I think I may have even called myself the Diceman Cometh before. Oh no! If I that's the case, it's I'm, all good. I'm sorry, listener. Because if we've... it's like a mad sort of Beckett play. Well, we've got a big spreadsheet now, and it's not on the spreadsheet yet. But now it's on the spreadsheet, it definitely won't happen again. When if we do them like more than a year apart, it's all good, isn't it? Because like new games come out, and we always yeah. talk about the latest and greatest games. I- I'm also not sure that many people listen to this podcast specifically to hear like us drill deep into the topic. <laughs> Yeah, if there's like someone out there who like really loyally only plays the games that we recommend, they must just be like roaring with frustration and battering a wall every week. <laughs> they they're learning if, nothing. If, if, 
if you skip all the bits of the podcast that aren't the, specifically the podcast discussion, I think it's only like five minutes long. <laughs> and it's mostly just going, uh, I think Resident Evil had eggs in it. And then it's like 10 minutes of nonsense again. That's <laughs> yeah, well, about the size of it. Well, look, we're, it's 2022. We're going to be bigger and better and, and it will be great. Worthy I've of got, Cadville. Yeah, I've got things on my list this week that Okay. I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about before, or at least not in a while, uh, and they're different to my usual RPG nonsense. Okay, largely well, kick off with one. Me. All right, so I the ones I've got actually are mostly not kind of like you know card games that you have quests to play. They're sort of hidden ones. So, for example, um, in Fallout Four, and actually, in, I think some of the prior Fallout games. You can. There are games that you can find cartridges of, and then play on your Pit Boy or on hacked mm. computer terminals. So you can play like Space Invaders, uh, and I, I think it's actually really well done in in Fallout. Although obviously, like you don't do it that much because it it feels you know like if you want to play Space Invaders, why would you buy Fallout? But but it's a really fun little thing to discover you can do. Mm. Uh, and like plug into your little fit boy it feels nice it feels like you know you can imagine people doing it in the world when they're bored and Mm. I like it aren't they all like they're all sort of in fiction versions of real world games right uh yeah, I can't remember what they're called. They're aren't they all like Red Menace and they're all kind of big sort of anti anti communist kind of red scare type things yeah well <laughs> yeah but it, it it's one of those things like um uh you know all the music in in fallout where it's like atom bomb baby and you know crawl out from the fallout and stuff i assumed that was stuff that was written for fallout but it's not it's just from a time when people were like oh we're all gonna die <laughs> genuinely yeah ah. Occasionally, you'll hear one of those songs in something else, and it's like a real shock to the system. Yeah. Like, what? Some Duma tunes. Right? Maybe we'll get some more fun ones like that now. (laughs) But yeah, I think think that's really well done, and and I liked it. And I like it more than, like, Gwent and stuff like that, because they have very complex rules that I don't understand, and it just makes me feel frustrated and sad. (laughs) Oh... How did, how did you feel about speaking of a fictional, uh, like, not a card game, a dice game? How do you feel about Orlog in um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Oh, yeah, I completely avoided that as well. Oh, that's really good. Is it? Yeah, it's like a, a kind of a, a sort of fight, a little strategy game where you're rolling dice to kind of. Uh, sort of deplete each other's little pebbles. It's it's kind of like advanced rock paper scissors, I guess. Um, but it's like just complicated enough to be more substantial and interesting than than rock paper scissors. But not so comp. It doesn't go like full Gwent. You know, you aren't having to go around and like buy a million cards to build a deck or anything. You have like a, a like a totem which gives you like a special power up at, at a certain point in the game. And by beating other people, you collect more of those totems. Okay. Um, but that's legit. Like I thought I, I had to look it up because I thought it was a real thing. It felt like a real thing. It was so like well-established. And I don't think it is. I think they made it up. Oh, that's cool. If they didn't I'm, make it okay. up, um, gaming websites have written so much crap about Orlog and SEO'd that you can no longer find anything about the real game Orlog. <laughs> <laughs> because that that is the world we live in now. That is a problem, is it not? Yeah. Because the internet is a huge bin, <laughs> and you I've have to rifle through it that. to find facts. <laughs> like it's like spoilers for my recommendation at the end of the show. But if you try and look up any kind of historical information about Blackbeard, now you will just be met with like Taika Waititi fan art. <laughs> <sighs> That's really exploded, hasn't it? Yeah. It's great though. Um, the one that got me. A side note, but this was bugging me. I started playing that Chinatown Detective Agency, which oh, yeah. you reviewed, which has obviously got a real-world research element to it, where you're meant to jump into a web browser to look up certain yeah. facts to solve puzzles. But the problem is, 
everyone's SEO'd it up the wazoo. So if you type in any keyword mentioned in the game, all you get is a walkthrough for Chinatown Detective Agency. Oh, no way. Yes. Yeah, it sucks. One of the developers said you can put like minus Chinatown to cut out any search which has it. But it is like, it's just a sign of the times. We just can't have nice things, nice, playful, experimental things that use the internet. Um, The only way to do it is you literally have to build an entire fake internet like um, Hypnospace Outlaw is the only way to do it. I didn't even think of that. I suppose you wouldn't. Because you're like, oh, I'll type in this word from this stamp and up comes fricking game puke or something (laughs) (laughs) gamepuke.com and it's like who's doing like not to not to rant too much about it but like who's doing seo articles for one puzzle in chinatown detective agency that's mad like that is like picking at the bones of games but anyway Uh, whatever whatever. if if rps does that does that cut this bit out (laughs) 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 <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> you got more class than that. <laughs> well, I think we sort of assumed that Chinatown Detective Agency wouldn't be worth guiding as much as Elden Ring, probably. <laughs> well, that's that's it. I don't I don't mean to be like like sniffy about it, but it's a smaller indie get. Like that's just, that's mad. That is mad to me. But whatever, whatever. Well, um, uh, or. <laughs> Orlog is good. Orlog, Orlog is, is a good, good game, and it's got fun little pebbles, and it won't ruin you. You know, it won't eat up fifty hours of your life like Gwent, but it's it's substantial enough to be worth getting your head around. All right, all right, uh, Nate, have you got any? any yeah, games and games? so I found it quite difficult to think around this one because I was thinking of just like mini games a lot, and I. I was trying to work out what the difference between a, a game within a game and a mini game was. So until mm. that's determined, I'm just going to throw in, uh, as I often do, a slightly different definition. Um, it's a game I think I've talked about before. I, I like to play it sometimes, so I just need to do something quite brainless. Uh, game Dev Tycoon, um, because it's just very funny. Um, it to, It's a management game where you run a, a software development studio from yeah. like the beginning of the console era to the present and you make games and you decide what sort of genre and, and features and stuff they're going to have, but you can choose the names and it keeps like records on the wall of your office of like your really good selling games and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it's funny to call them very unappealing and weird things and then imagine that, like, in this parallel universe, the equivalent of GTA Five was, like, Chimp Smasher or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just that's not unappealing. I bet if someone made Chimp Smasher in, in this world, like, that's just an alternate name for Ape Escape, like, or Ape Out, even. Oh, yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, uh, Chimp you know, Smasher would be a hit. I like to... It's very fun in that game as well, coming up with sequels to games because you'll make like a lot of games over the course of a session so you don't spend ages thinking about them and the title doesn't make any difference to anything uh but you can make sequels to games so you know um like if you were making a sequel to chimp smasher but this time it's on you know the game gear it would be like gibbon grueler or something you know, just like mangling a smaller primate. Uh, That's interesting. So you're you're making up your your game. You you are creating games within games. Yeah, that's the real fun for me. It's like it's it's all right as a management game. It's quite easy to to min max it once you work out what the rules are. It's quite easy to sort of figure out. Um, so the real fun for me is coming up with this sort of weird stream of consciousness alternate history of console gaming. Well, and PC gaming. There's PCs in it too. It's That's the one that's one of the famous ones um, where if you pirate it, you will eventually get a message saying, oh no, people are pirating your game and your profits will inexorably bleed out and you'll never be able to like win at the game. <laughs> that so? Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And then people were posting like on 
the forum stuff being forums being like this game's rubbish you can't win it because it says it pirates and then people will be like well maybe there's a lesson for you to learn there <laughs> crafty uh, they were yeah it was very um like social media friendly you know in terms of it lets you create a little funny thing in the game which you then share on twitter i remember like a lot of people sharing the weird stuff they were making in game dev tycoon mm. like, early on it felt like yeah. a very twitter savvy game it's funny you know usually i get very annoyed by everything in life like trying to link up to apps and have companion apps and stuff because i just don't care or, or want to be involved but i do think like it would really be a good idea for a lot of games to have like a tweeter screenshot of this button uh, or, you know, tweet this this game that you have made. Uh, and that may be that I'm just asking, you know, for the moon on a stick, there might be some very good reason that's hard to do. But yeah, there always seems to be like, there's these very minor, but still existent intermediate steps of like taking a screenshot and pasting it into a photo editor and saving it and then uploading it. Yeah. I mean, cons- consoles are better for that now. Like... You know, Switch and PlayStation and Xbox, you can tweet from tweet your screenshots from there. Um, well, yeah, I think that's because you know they've never had the option to do it the long way round. Yeah, uh, so they're probably leading the way on that front a little that's, bit. It's got to be something buried deep in Steam that lets you do that. Probably, yeah, actually. yeah, yeah, sure. What's the opposite you know, of a power be. user? Uh, (laughs) i'm a steam weakness user (laughs) the problem the problem i have is is when i'm playing games like pre-release um i'm like banking (laughs) yeah well i you know as i do uh i'm banking all my like tweet material for later and then often i'm going back through my gallery and i can't remember why i took all these random pictures they seemed funny at the time like i had a an amazing burn lined <laughs> up or something but now i've just got all this <laughs> stuff <laughs> just imagine you like doing your screen just being like oh that'll be a great great one back joke about party gate <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> Rishi Sunak's not going to know what hit him. <laughs> <laughs> that is so worryingly close to how it is. <laughs> it's it's either that or like it's just something that's so obviously like you know a man gyrating in his pants in Yakuza, and I'm just like, yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, ev- everyone will appreciate this man in his pants. It's, it's me, blog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the magic back. There's nothing, nothing isn't improved with the caption, it's me, Borko. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I can think of lots of sad pictures I've seen that wouldn't be improved. Is <laughs> 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 it, what about that one of like the actors in The Flash, or whatever it is, standing next to a gravestone? doing the thumbs up and then you just put it's me Blorco on the gravestone is that anything is that something <laughs> I like it <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, that's a good I like that one day uh, I was going to also say there are loads of games like in Doom and stuff where you can just full on play like a full old game but my favourite one is the one from when I was a kid that uh, in Day of the Tentacle which was one of the first point-and-click games I ever played and still lives rent-free in my head, and I really want to get a tattoo of one of the tentacles. Um, You can play the full... Like, one of the characters has an arcade machine or, like, a computer in his room, and you can play the full Maniac Mansion game Mm -hmm. on it. What was Uh, Maniac Mansion? uh, It was sort of a survival... 2D sort of puzzle survival horror-ish kind of, and you had multiple characters. Yeah. Sort of, I guess. Sort of, it's pre Monkey Island, isn't it? It's it's isn't yeah. it like Ron Gilbert's big like point and click game where they kind of introduce the like the the verb interface and all that stuff. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's sort of hard to because it's not really 
it's not really what it is yet. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's got the verb menu and stuff, and it's a puzzle game, and you're sort of trapped in a, uh, you know, a mansion. Yeah, for, like, like a weird family. Uh, it's like an eighties one, and it's it, you know, there's a, a mad scientist and stuff, and it it yeah, it's kind of the first one of those, but it's not quite. And I just, you know, you get kidnapped and stuff and there's a lot of stuff you can get wrong and it's quite easy to fail, you know. Yeah. Um, but you I'm can not, just play... I'm not mad about it. Like, no. it's important that it exists, but it's not like, it's not a huge amount of fun in this day and age, I don't think. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. But it, you can just play all of it in Day of the Tentacle, <laughs> which I always liked. Uh, I was I, like, I just liked that as a thing, like being able to do that. I thought it was really cool. And then you could like Doom. Is it Doom has like old Doom in it or something? Like new Doom or yeah. is it Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein, you can play like yeah, all you of can old. Go to sleep in new Wolfenstein and you dream old Wolfenstein. Hmm. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because I suppose that like being able to play original Doom on things is kind of like a meme now. Yeah. What did someone play it on like a? A car radio or something. See, I'm trying to remember now because basically, any time anything happens in the world involving crabs, like <laughs> everyone in the world tweets at me with a link to it, <laughs> and like it, it just becomes like you know, like that thing they do in movies where someone's like being slammed down a tunnel really fast and lights just like smash past them really quickly. <laughs> it's like that, but with like you know, things that happened involving crabs. <laughs> so I know there was a theory that you can make a computer out of, like, these complex behaving crabs on a beach somewhere, and someone worked out that you could theoretically run Doom on it. That's all Weird. I've got. I mean, that could have just been something I thought while I had a really high fever. Yeah. Um, but I th- I'm pretty sure that was discussed. You could <laughs> play Doom only briefly crabs. glimpsed in the crab meme tunnel as he yeah. flew down it. <laughs> it's very yeah. 2001, the crab odyssey. <laughs> you know that um, that sort of mini meme that's like a Tumblr screenshot about mushrooms where it's like, you cannot kill me in any way that matters. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was discovered that like fungi and and microbes or, or whatever kind of possibly speak to each other with like a, a kind of language almost of up to 50 words. And someone was like, well, technically this is like less than 50 words. So a mushroom could say this. <laughs> Imagine if um, mushrooms are just having like really, really slow, like ant speed rap battles all the time. I think that'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. I love the mushroom stuff. I found mushrooms terrifying, fascinating. Um, oh, I forgot to say as well, uh, friend of the show, Tim, uh, he weeks ago sent me a video of his daughter being scared of eggs and Nate was uh, said, bless that little egg fearer, but he, Tim said she loves eggs now. Um, she's well into eggs. Oh, well, uh, I'm proud of her on that. Yeah, yeah, and he also wanted to pass on uh, an egg-based complaint because um, Cadbury's used to do uh, Halloween cream eggs called Scream Eggs, and they made the inside green. Um, mm. But they changed it, like to he said he was tweeting me, tweeting me. He was messaging me this very angrily, like. Said they changed it against all logic to ghost egg. It's not a pun. It doesn't make sense. Ghosts don't lay eggs. It's not a thing. The extra O's are like they know it's embarrassing. <laughs> and then yeah, I that's thought just this weird. Ha- I thought it happened, and it's like, well, it's basically so they don't have to change the inside to green anymore. They just keep it orange and put a different wrapper on it. Why is he getting cross with us about this? We didn't do it. Well, he just wanted to complain about it, uh, and I thought it happened recently. But it ha- he said it happened in 2015. He's still angry about it. Oh my word! I mean, I bear plenty of chocolate-based grudges, but even I think that's ridiculous. 
I pointed this out and he said historical wrongs are still wrongs. <laughs> Do you think it's just like he'll feel a bit, he has a bit more closure if we just like really quite angrily express the grievance alongside him in this podcast? Maybe. But I, 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 mean, hate, it, cre- I hate cream eggs. Me too, but I am bloody yeah, we, furious so, that they changed them. You know, I'm still, yeah. cr- I'm still cross about the uh, them cancelling fuse bars <laughs> like 20 years ago. Now that's, <laughs> now that's, that's an issue. That's a yeah. good Screw the cream egg. Fuse yeah. bars were absolutely gangster. I loved them. Oh, they were so good. Do you remember Mavericks as well? No. Did that? Was it like a chocolate bar in the shape of Tom Cruise's face? No, I mean, but that would be incredible. Uh, no, Mavericks were like, oh, my head's just completely burst. I was going to say, I think they were made by DC because uh, I was just thinking <laughs> Cadbury's and <laughs> like the Mars Company. DC's failed push into the chocolate sphere. It was like the DC fuse bar, basically, if you can imagine that. Oh, God. So uh, undersaturated and a bit dour. Mm. I know I did really like a Maverick. <laughs> Look him up. Um, yeah, yeah, nice. Will do. I think where Fuse went wrong, it had a lot of like army-based um, advertising. Like I think the mascot for it was like an army um, sort of what's the, who are those like drill sergeant type, like yeah. yelling about raisins. <laughs> <laughs> but he- <laughs> you don't want you don't want your army eating too much chocolate, or they won't well, be battle ready. I don't know if like I don't know if I want the army telling me what I shouldn't shouldn't eat. As a rule, <laughs> it's a bit fash, isn't it? It's a little bit. You know, it was done in good humour, but even so, there's like undertones of like, oh, all right, you know, what are you gonna do? Shoot me? Um. You don't have to. Like I will, I will like willingly eat this. So, um, yeah. Very, very specific fetish, isn't it? Being bullied into eating a certain chocolate by an army man. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be funny if the guy from Full Metal Jacket beasted me into having a Snickers? <laughs> so weird. Unless, uh-huh. and then what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, the other one is that um, Left 4 Dead 2 has a level in a carnival. And this may be crossing over the minigame divide, I don't know. But um, there's a level in a carnival. And uh, you can play some of the games in there. So you can play like a sort of whack-a-mole. It's like whack-a-mole, but it's called like a moustache crasher or something. Um, And there's also a... uh, what was it when you just prove you're strong, the bell, you hit the bell. Prove your strength. Yeah, that one. Um, but if you win at them, they uh, start flashing and make a little noise and then they alert the horde of zombies, oh. which I think is fun. Now, I would call those mini... Okay, so I've been thinking about it while we've been chatting and I reckon All right. the difference is that a mini... Or you've oh, lost actually, faith in yourself already. I, I have, well, I've come up with a really clear divider, but then I've just realized you could call things on both sides, both things. But I would, okay, just try this out for size, see if it gets okay. us anywhere. I was thinking there is a difference between games that are played diegetically mm-hmm. and those which shift you to a new UI. So, like, you know, if you were. Uh, you know, lots of games have like arcade machines what you can play. Yeah. And once you play them, a new screen comes up, which is like eight bit or whatever, like you're in the arcade machine. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, other games will just have you looking over the player's shoulder, like with the game on the cabinet screen, for example, you know, which I think is always a little more sort of cute and kind of look what we were able to do. Rather than actually yeah. fun to play. Which one is Gwent? Does that actually? Well, I it doesn't use the same engine and stuff, but does it like honk it, it you does, into the whole card game? Yeah. It doesn't change the UI or anything, does it? Yeah, like it's it still... has its own screen. Yeah, it shifts. It's got its own 
thing going on because it's like yeah, you're not like different. looking over. You're Gerald's not pushing shoulder. cards around with Geralt's body in third person. He's not walking around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> but like, it's a card game, but you're playing it with a man on a horse is what controls it. And you're like, oh, this is terrible. Who thought this was a good idea? Just give me a freaking mouse cursor. <laughs> it's like polo with little squares. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's... Mm. I think games within games are mini games, but not all mini games are games within games. That's fair. I I co-sign that. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's how it works. Like, I know it's not PC, but it, well, the first one is. But there's the the little um, monster fighting. It's sort of like monster chess in um, Horizon. Oh God! You know what when I mean? You said. Um... I know it's not PC there. I thought you were going to say something like, I despise Italians. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. I actually had a bit of a shock. <laughs> um, I've got one which I'd probably get cancelled for saying this, but. Uh... <laughs> a game I like in a game, but it isn't a game, like a, a fictional in world game, but it is like a sub game within the game, is. Um, yeah running a cabaret club in yakuza zero you get to you have it's like this sort of side management game where you you take over this sort of dilapidated club called club sunshine i think it is and you have to like recruit the it becomes like a management game you have to like recruit the hostesses there and then you sort of train them up in the day and like give them like haircuts and makeup. And then in the <laughs> evening, all these like horny dudes turn up and you have to like match the best hostess to the guy. So like if he, if he just wants like, you know, s- sexy flirt, you, you give the person who's got like the highest flirting rating. So and what, if they what just you're saying to... is it's a pimp simulator. It's not really, because it's, it's not as seedy as that, because it's just, it's just conversation. Oh, okay. It's, it's That's... just companionship in a, in a safe club environment. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> um, but so you're quickly, and so there's this time element because the guys are coming in and you're having to like quickly match uh, women to them. It's a bit like that game <laughs> where you're serving beers. Um, Did time manage lonely, sad dudes? What's, what's the thing where the guys come into the pub and you slide beers along? To, to, is it Tapper, the old arcade yeah. game? Yeah, it's like that, but with lonely men, and you just have to sort of give them attention. Um, slide a woman along a bar, and every once in a while, one of the one of the women will um, like. Uh, <laughs> they'll say like, "I need help." And they'll secretly gesture to you, and you have to learn all these secret hand codes to work out what it is they're trying to tell you, so that you can swoop in as like, you know, you're the main host who runs the club. You're like the the maitre d of babes, <laughs> <laughs> and you um, and they'll like do these little gestures, and then you get like multiple choice thing, and you have to like learn what they all mean. So like. If they're like, if they mime like squeezing a towel, they obviously want like a hand towel. Um, but there's, uh, I, I I wrote some of them down. And I I thought you could try and guess what they were. What uh, they're trying okay. to It's like. like a mini cavern of truth. Yeah, it's a game within a game. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so if a hostess uh, holds their finger and thumb in an L shape, what do you think they are asking for? An L shape, love. Because uh, I, I, I'm just thinking loser. So maybe they're asking you to get rid of the guy because he's a loser. <laughs> yeah, that sounds smart. Well, well, they're actually asking for a glass. I think it's meant to look like a glass <laughs> somehow. What? Like the base and one side of a glass, maybe. <laughs> Sounds All right, that one's rubbish. Um, if she holds out two hands flat near her waist, what yeah. is she asking for? Like to the sides or in front of her? Uh, she's holding, like, sort of secretly, she's sort of gesturing, but she's trying not to do it in, like, the punter's face. Because um, basically they're trying to, like, 
what they're trying to convey to you is I think we can milk more cash out of this sucker. So they're doing it quite secretly. They're like, oh, I think this would be a good time for the for the what? Uh, well, you told us the answer, didn't you? Oh, I see. I see. Um, um, like cleaning the table or bringing food, something to do with the table. It's, it's a menu. They're gesturing for bring us a menu. Uh. I think this guy will eat lots. Um, <laughs> if she inverts her hand and sticks out her pinky and thumb. What, yeah. what what needs to happen? <laughs> Inverts. Sticks out her pink. She asks you to bring a turtle. That's very similar to the sign language for turtle. <laughs> or phone? No, she wants hold, you to refill the ice, of course. Oh my god. So the last one is if she shapes her hands into a bowl outline and curls her fingers, what is she requesting? Say that again. She shapes her hands into a bowl outline, so but curls bowl. her fingers. I'm I'm doing it in front of me to try and. Yeah, this is a real like spatial visualization challenge, isn't it? Uh, she's, she's either asking for crisps or for George Galloway to pretend to be a cat. <laughs> I'm afraid. I mean, those are two options, but they aren't the right one. Uh, she wants you to swap an ashtray. <laughs> So uh, now, now you know some of the ins and outs of the secret hostess trade. Interesting, what a silly game. Yeah, it's it's uh, really good because you then go around like recruiting more hostess. It's honestly, it's like a, it's probably a game in itself. It's bigger than some games in their entirety because you go around blimey. recruiting hostesses and then you sort of train them in the day. <laughs> train them. <laughs> You have conversations with them to like improve their banter so that they can like entertain guests for longer. And you have like a stable of hostesses, and some of them get like tired out if you do too many consecutive nights. So then you have to put like your A listers like on ice so they recharge and you bring out like you bring out the really (laughs) boring ones. What did, it's a you know, game like, I played so much of it and I felt intense shame whenever Catherine came into the room. Have you played much of um, Empire of Sin? Uh, I haven't. I, 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 I was really looking forward to that. I just cause the initial reviews were a little like, wait for them to tidy it up a bit. Yeah, that was genuinely, genuinely the search with it, actually. It's a real shame because it sort of, I think it kills a lot of the buzz when that happens uh and it did end up pretty fun it's something i keep wanting to put more time into um i yeah, think it's had the a, thing... a big update recently i think yeah well, we did I like really, a I, I just really liked the sort of facilities management angle right because like the the spell i did have playing it it felt like i was playing sort of gangster XCOM to pass the time in between like running like illegal pubs and brothels and things is quite interesting mm. prohibitiony obviously. is it like theme park can you make the chips saltier so that yeah. people have to drink more moonshine well yeah i mean it's like obviously it, it it's not um as sort of like giga deep as europa universalis or something but you know it's it's a guy. It's a pie into watch into which the paradox finger has been poked. Right. So it's quite a deep management game. It's cool. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just imagining Matthew training people in the art of conversation, being like, "Oh, wait, try and talk about Rio." I really. <laughs> uh, side note: re- I really, really hate everyone's impression of my voice. <laughs> Why does everyone always do me like that? <laughs> Sorry, it's your my impression of you is also my impression of like Mark from Peep Show, as we've discussed before. Oh yeah, um, that's true. Uh, anyway, it's a I I think we should probably head down into the cavern of lies. Uh, Let's do it. Lovely. The cavern bleep, 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 of lies. Mm. All right. Ha- Hello. Hello right. again. Uh, welcome to my cavern of lies, uh, which this week is um, you step into what was it? It's a board game cafe, very trendy board oh. game cafe, like you might okay. find in, uh, you know, Brighton. <laughs> I imagine they have a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, um, fair. 
uh, and it's it's run by some uh, incredibly snooty board game types. You know the kind that um, you might find in Brighton. Yeah, that you might find in Brighton. And uh, all you want to do is play a video game themed edition of Monopoly. That's what you came in to do. Ah, oh, brilliant. Okay. And you've been, yeah. you've been presented with a wall of Monopoly. But because these snoots run this board game cafe, they have inserted some fake video game monopolies to try and like uh, I- I- embarrass you and, and so that they can laugh at you in front of all their other punters. So it's okay. up to you to only pick Monopoly that is real. Okay. I don't want to get lambasted by snoots. Oh, you're going to... Well... There's five editions of Monopoly. Two of them are fake. If you can destroy those two, you can basically smash them over the head of the snoots and then you will be the kings of the board game cafe. Amazing. Okay, Okay. love this. So, first Monopoly is Assassin's Creed Syndicate Monopoly. Ooh. Um, The cheapest spot on Assassin's Creed Syndicate Monopoly is Sewers Fight Club. The most expensive spot is Buckingham Palace. Instead of Community Chest, you have Leap of Faith cards. And instead of uh, building houses and hotels, you're building worker houses um, up to factories, which I actually think sounds like they've missed the point of Assassin's Creed Syndicate. That yeah, it's contrary. Bit, that sounds a bit Templary to me. Um, so I think they may have biffed it, but so it goes in the world of licensed monopoly right okay okay interesting yeah that's that that sounded like it could because it's sat in london and it it mm. okay carry on okay so you know i I should point out monopoly you know it's quite a limited thing there's not a lot of these are going to sound quite similar so i warn you in advance okay Next up, we have Street Fighter Monopoly. Ooh. The cheapest spot on the board is the Saikyo, Saikyo Dojo. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, the most expensive slot is Bison's headquarters, the Shadaloo headquarters. Uh, instead of dollars, the whole game is played with Bison Bucks, which is quite a cute touch. they got Bison's face on them. And uh, you you build up training rooms, and then you eventually turn them into dojos. So that's that's Street Fighter Monopoly's whole deal. For you, okay. that was the most expensive property on the board. For me, it was just a maisonette. Next up, we have Final Fantasy Fifteen Monopoly. The cheapest spot on the board is the Crow's Nest Diner. The most expensive spot is Insomnia Citadel, uh, which I think is the capital of the game. Yeah. Um, the playing pieces on this one, quite notable. They're all vehicles in the game. So there's a chocobo, the car, there's a train, there's the 4x4 version of the car, the flying car, and then you get like a little Noctis on foot as well, which is quite cute. And instead of the four train stations, you have the four summons that you collect in the game. And free parking becomes the Chocobo Ranch. They did quite a lot with this one. I liked it. Um, and the currency is Gil, as it is in Final Fantasy. What do you mean, I liked it? Well, as in, I liked, I liked how much thought they went into it. A lot of them just have free parking, regardless of whether or not that's okay. like relevant to the fiction. So that, that was cool, I thought. I feel like that has too many car pieces for the... And they look very yeah, different. Very un- One's a big G, anyway, whatever. Next up, we have Monkey Island Monopoly. The cheapest spot is the Scumbar, of course. The most yeah. expensive spot is Big Whoop, the treasure at the end of Monkey Island 2. Um, instead of the community chest and chance cards, you can buy insult sword fighting cards. And if you get a pair that match, so the call and response you get bonus money, but if someone else has the punchline to your setup, you have to pay them money, which in this game is pieces of eight. Um, so that's one of the few which has a little riff on one of the core mechanics. I think it's one of the few you've made up as well, Chief. Interesting. <laughs> okay. I'm going for a more menacing approach. <laughs> that is kind <laughs> of a sinister energy. Um, yeah. Okay. 
You're well, making the other the last one. you're making the other nerds in the board game cafe feel uneasy. <laughs> and they're frail people. Um <laughs> last up we have Call of Duty Black Ops Monopoly. Oh. Uh, and this is based entirely on multiplayer maps that appear in the Black Ops games. So the cheapest spot on the board is Grid from Black Ops 1. The most expensive spot on the board is Contraband from Black Ops 4. Um, and instead of income tax, which you know charges you $200, there's a bomb defusal fee, which again I think is slightly muddled because surely defusing a bomb in this world is a heroic deed, not something you should be punished for with money, but whatever, I didn't make this game. Or did I? Have you played much Codplops? Uh, years ago. Okay. Right. So, <sighs> okay. Assassin's Creed, Street Fighter, Final Fantasy XV, Monkey Island, and Call of Duty Black Ops. Two of those are fake. Okay. I think the Assassin's Creed one is real. And I think... I actually think Blops Monopoly is real because Call of Duty is one of those things where there is so much merch and you'd think who would want black ops monopoly but i think it's real um, yeah, i'm with you on that it feels like the sort of thing they would just be sort of automatically mercenary enough to do yeah now it's the other three i'm not sure about because the way the way matthew said bison bucks made made it sound like he was very pleased with himself <laughs> Oh no, but they are actually canonically the the, the canon in that world. Mm. That's why they're the currency of the game. Oh, but he's sounding like a cat that's just found a hole. Like, no, no, I'm not. That tin and mackerel. Like, it makes. I'm just saying it makes perfect sense. You are right to say <laughs> it makes sense. Okay. Um. I I listen. It's the Final Fantasy 15. I feel like there are too many car pieces. I, I think the Monkey Island one, as, as I said at the time, I think that there's a giveaway there because that uh, the insult sword fighting thing is just a bit cute, I think. Okay. Like, and it doesn't feel anything like any existing Monopoly mechanics. It's it's right of all of them. It was the one which seemed to change the rules the most. You're not wrong. I can't. I'm not sure about Monkey Island, but I can't decide between. Final Fantasy 15 and Street Fighter, but you saying Bison Bucks is because I don't know very much about Street Fighter outside of you know the the main bits. Uh, I actually know a fair amount of Street Fighter lore, and I'm kind of disconcerted by that. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in that case, I okay. I just think. Like board game pieces have to look different. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna say Final Fantasy is. I think Final Fantasy is fake, and I think Monkey Island's fake. Okay. So Alice steps up. She picks up the box, and I don't really know how this works. You successfully smash it over his head because it is indeed fake. Hooray! Oh man, you ne- you nearly had me with the Street Nate, Fighter. On the other hand, picks up Monkey Island brings it down on the head of the snoot, and it also smashes because it is also fake. You really? I'm not going to lie, you had me going in the first half. (laughs) Yeah, that was... God damn it, I knew I shouldn't have over-egged it with the pieces. I was like, (laughs) this feels like too much information, but I feel like I need it. Oh, I've, yeah, it's I've... possible for a cavern entry to make too much sense. Oh, God damn it. And the Monkey Island, <laughs> why did I change the rules so much? Why did I do that? We're oh. doing a really bad job of defeating Alice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I used to be really good at Cavern of Lies. Like, I'm genuinely quite upset that I've, <laughs> I've lost my lag. <laughs> uh, I think we take this too seriously sometimes. Well, no, but when you're forced to have a gladiatorial contest every week, eventually it becomes something you're really invested in. I think that's good. It's like, you know, people in prison get, like, 
obsessed with a spider that crawls across the roof every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened in prison. I think I just imagined, you know what I mean? I think with Matthew, the, the, the thing, we come so close to going for one of your made up ones every time. <sighs> and we, like, we all, every, we, you so nearly beat us in the last second. And I never do. <laughs> the lies just aren't quite good enough. Oh, well, next time. <laughs> get, get the hell out of this. But, well, actually, no, you get to stay in the board game cafe. Yeah, you, you everyone else get out. <laughs> everyone else has to leave. Thank you, Matthew. Sorry again. For, That's fine. Uh, well, you'll get you'll you'll get us meddling kids one day. Yeah. Um, that's all we've got time for this week, apart from recommendations, because every week we recommend something that isn't a video game. Matthew, what are you recommending this week? I'm recommending uh, the murder mystery One by One by Ruth Ware, um, which is about a startup music app company who Ooh. got to a chalet in the mountains to hash out a potential takeover there is an avalanche and then they start getting bumped off one by one as the title suggests um very nice classic you know country country manner mystery but it written in a really like modern voice all the people are like horrible horrible like you know modern media people so it's 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 just satisfying seeing a load of sods get murdered um one by one um i haven't finished it yet but um, i'm enjoying it a lot it's really good fun oh, very good i love modern murder mysteries all have to come up with a way that you can't just whatsapp each other so it's always like yeah. in, in the mountains or in like a remote countryside place um lovely i am going to recommend our flag means death as i alluded to earlier uh it is a uh 10 episode long um comedy romance um about the pirates uh steed bonnet and uh blackbeard and their respective crews um really really funny really good cast very sweet uh really nice story arc because it's it's hbo but it's only 10 episodes so it was written as a complete story and they didn't have to scramble to find like 13 more plots um so good really really good the hype is real for a reason Ooh. i think it's great really funny as well like it's not it's not one of those comedies where it's like a laugh a minute but the funny bits are really really funny <laughs> how would you say compares laugh wise with um what we do in the shadows but like the movie considering that was old uh, what's the it? movie um i similar who or what is izzy because i keep seeing people refer to this character uh, Izzy Hands is uh, Blackbeard's first mate. He's played by Con O'Neill. Uh, he is uh, kind of the antagonist in it, in in that he sort of is like Blackbeard's jilted ex. Almost is the the right. kind of role he's. Um, uh, he also people have referred to it as it, it's sort of like you know the only human being in a Muppets movie. Like he right. It, he he's really good at it yeah oh cool yeah really good uh nate what are you recommending this week uh so i just started watching the new series of better call soul uh which i've always been a fan of and i think it's really good i um obviously this was the successor series to breaking bad i like it a lot more a lot less happens uh, which I like. It's quite funny because um, it's 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 about a man slowly turning from a, a you know an aspiring lawyer to a complete scumbag over a very long time, um, and that is the really interesting plot. There's this sort of massive B plot, which in common with Breaking Bad is about basically Mexican uncles with intensely threatening auras. <laughs> um, you know, putting people in situations of unbearable tension uh, involving huge duffel bags full of money. And that's fine. Like, I like that side of it. But the really good side is just the minor inconveniences like caused by and occurring to a morally decaying 
barrister. So yeah, it's good. Love a bit of Better Call Saul. I think there's two episodes of season six out now. And if you haven't watched it at all, go back and treat yourself. Lovely. I will. I shall. <laughs> Have you not watched it, Matthew? I've watched a season and a half and then we trailed off for some reason and I need to get back on it because I did really like it. Yeah, I think it... Um... I think there was a point, you know, where they just weren't sure how long running a show it was going to be, and the pacing kind of wavered, but then it really got back on track hard, and I think last season and this one especially been really good, Um, although the stuff with Chuck, his brother, was the best. He was an amazing character. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much for those recommendations. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for the Electronic Wireless Show, episode 183, the best games in games and games. Uh, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and you can look up Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, you can email us, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can join the Discord, have chats, uh, and you can buy merch as well. And all those links will be in the show notes. Um I can't remember what I was going to say next. Uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, we're going to be recording our supporters-only monthly episode. I'm still late on putting the last one up because my computer is still not here, uh, having moved. But uh, I have not forgotten about it. Um, but we're about to record the next one. Um, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to Uh And until next time, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from the Dice Man cometh. I am goodbye. He, he leaveth. <laughs> <laughs> it's goodbye from Gamlet. Something is rotten in the state of podcast. <laughs> goodbye. Bye.